We begin today the Gemara on Yudalad Amid Beis, uh, five lines up from the bottom of the Yamud, where it says, Al pi Edim. In the Mishnah it says that uh, you pay for damages according to Edim, witnesses. What is the Mishnah saying with this? It says the Gemara Prat, it's coming to exclude Lemaide Beknas, in a case where a person caused a damage where he does not have to pay, but he only has to pay as a Knas, it's a penalty. One of the examples for this is a shayr that um, kills an Eved, Eved Kanani. So then you pay a knas of 30 coins. It's not a chiv And as we'll see soon, according to one opinion, every shartam that damages and pays chatzinezek, half damages, is also only a knas. So in a case where a person <coughs> came and it was his admission, he was, he was made that he, did, he caused this damage. And then, so not, the halach is, when you're maid in a knas, you're potter. This is a Mishnah later, the Gemara learns it out from a Pasik that maid in the knas is potter. But over here though, what happened is, After he was maid, now Edom came and testified as well to what he admitted to happened. Shahu potter. So what our Mishnah is saying is, you're still going to be potter. The halach of maid in the knas potter, that's a Mishnah later. The Chiddush of our Mishnah is, that even if later Adam came, so you may say, well, you were made there, but now Adam are coming and saying that you're chayev, so we should follow what the Adam say, you should still be chayev. So our Mishnah is saying that, no, you'll be potter. But now the Gemara brings that this is actually a machlekes. This is a good answer according to the opinion that says, when you admitted that you did something that you have to pay a knas, and then Adam come and testify the same potter. And what, since the Aiden came after you admitted already, so you'd be potter. So that's what our mission is teaching here. That it wasn't in the beginning of Aiden, so therefore you're potter. But But the opinion that says that a person that's made the beknas and then Aiden come and say the same. So because Aiden came now, he will be chayiv. So So what is our Mishnah when it says that it has to be al pi Aiden? What is it coming to teach? And says the Gemara. These words of Al Pi Adim, the Chiddush is not in these words alone. The Chiddush is in the continuation of the Mishnah because the Mishnah says it has to be Al Pi Adim, and then the Mishnah clarifies what kind of Adim it has to be. It has to be Adim that are Bnei Chayrin, people that are Bnei Chayrin, meaning that it shouldn't be a Evet Kanani, but it should be a Freed Evet, a Freed Evet, which is then a regular Yid, or a Bnei Bris, it shouldn't be a Goy, but it should be a Yid. Only those people are Kosher for Adus. One of the Rishayim here says that you would have thought that maybe when it comes to damages, many times these kinds of damages with these animals happens outside in places where you're amongst Goyim and you don't have Yidin there. So you may think that the Taita would rely in this case on these kind of Edim to testify about the damage in order that the, the Nizik should get paid up. So therefore the Mishnah is saying that no, we do not rely not on an Evid Kanani and not on a guy. And the Gemara explains... Even what? Toma, what did he say? Alafi Tumai. I'm not sure. When you get to paying Dine Mominus to be Maitzi Momen, you have to have uh, two Adam. Not that that's by maybe by Isurim and things like that. Okay, so the Gemara now explains. When it says there that the Adam have to be Bene Chayrin, freed individuals, Lamute Avadim. That comes to exclude Avadim Kananim. Bene Bris, Lamute Avdikachavim. Comes to exclude a guy. And the Gemara explains that the Mishnah has to clarify both of these details. It's Riche. 
If we would say that an Eved Kanani is not kosher for Eidos, because there's a certain disadvantage about who Eved Kanani is, there's no, the union of Yichos, lineage, does not exist by him. This is learned out from what it says by Shvul HaChampoyim HaChamor, Eliezer, Avram tells him, stand there together with the donkey, there is a Amad Chamor, just like a Chamor, there's no concept of Yichos of a donkey to a father, by Eved Kanani, there's no union of Yichos. So that shows how low Eved Kanani is, so maybe I would think that only by him, there's no edus. Avol nachri the yesh yachas. By a guy there is yachas. We learned this before. We learned this in Kedushim that it says in the pasuk the hadrimaim ben tavrimaim ben chazoyel. It's a it's a pasuk that speaks about a guy and it's, it says the yichas of who his father was. By a guy there's a yichas to a father. I would say maybe over there I don't apply the same din and maybe there is a concept of edus possible by a guy. On the other hand, via Shmina Nachri, if I would tell you that only a guy can't be an Eidos, I would say the reason is Mishum Delashayach be Mitzvahs. Because a Evet Kanani, sorry, a guy that is, there's no Mitzvahs at all for him. Avol Evet, but when it comes to Evet Kanani, the Shayach be Mitzvahs. Evet Kanani is obligated to fulfill Mitzvahs like a woman. Yeah, I would say this din doesn't apply, and maybe he is kosher for the Eidos. Therefore, the Mishnah tells us both Bnei Chayr and Bnei Bris, that you're not kosher to be Eidos for Nezikin, not if you're a guy and not if you're Eved Kanani. The next din the Mishnah says, V'hanoshim b'chlal hanezek. Women are included in the halachas of Nezikin. If someone damages a woman, he has to pay, just like if he damages a man. You know, Anamili, what's the source for this? Here the Gemara brings a few sources regarding a woman. We had the same exact Gemara in Kedushan as well. Omer Av Yudah, Omer Av. The Pasuk says, A man or a woman that will do any of these Avedis, and that's uh, the Aveda there that it's talking about, is uh, the Shavuos HaPikoda, and that uh, if you swear falsely. And the Torah there says, you have to bring a Karm Chattas for that. And it says, Isha Yisha, they're both the same. Hishva HaKosov, Isha Le'ish, the Torah says that a man and a woman are the same. In any case where there's an Einish in the Teireh for an Aveda that was done, so a man and a woman are the same. This is, the Gemara in Kedushim brings this regarding, uh, this is the source that women are chayiv in all mitzvahs loisese. Right? And the same thing over here regarding damages. And from here you see this, the source of this Pasuk teaches if a woman damages, if, if, he, if she or her shayr will damage someone, she will be chayiv to pay. It's one source. The from Rabbi learned says that you see that when it comes to money matters, whether she damaged or someone damaged her, so a woman is the same as a man because it says, These are the halachas that you put in front of Yidin and Parshas Mishpatim speaks about all the halachas of Nezikin, all monetary damages and payments. So it says, in front of all Yidin, regarding all the halachas of Nezikin, a man and a woman are the same. A third source, Lefneim, yeah, in Bezin, true, and Echanami. We hear the Gemara Darshas Lefneim, the Pasht the Taish Lefneim, everybody. Rashi says Lefneim, Kulam Bechlal. It goes on all Yidden. The Bechiskiya, Verav Yisi Aglili Tana. They learned from a third pasuk that you see that a man and a woman are the same. Omakro, the pasuk says regarding an ox that gores and kills. Veheimisisha Yisha, that if the ox killed a man or a woman. So in either way, the ox then has to be stoned to death. So here you see, Hishva Kosev Yishalish. The Torah says that this halacha applies for a man and a woman equally. L'chol Misa any time this ox kills a man or a woman, it's the same halacha. Says the Gemara, Utsriche. Now, Utsrichi. We need to have these three psukim to show that we compare the man to the woman. 
If we would say regarding the first case where it talks about her bringing a karmel chatos for swearing falsely, I would say, there, the reason why the Torah is saying that the woman is like the man for ancient, that she brings a carbon, so that she should be able to bring a carbon to, to be atoned for the Aveda that she did. But when it comes to Parshas Mishpatim, where it speaks about all the halachas of, of Dine Mominus and Nizikin, so maybe I would say that women are not included in there, all of this. Because Ish, the Bar Masel Matan, a man which it's more customary for him to be in business dealings, in. So over here, the Torah gives all these halachas that apply to him. Isha, loy, but a woman that's not as much in business like a man. So I would say that maybe that the halachas of Parshas Mishpatim would not apply to her. So here the Torah has to specify clearly the Fnayim that it does apply. On the other hand, if the Torah would say the halacha that a woman is like a man regarding all the dine mominus, damages and so on, I would say the reason is, this is in order that she should be able to live. If the Torah would not say that the payment of damages are by her, the same as a man, people would take advantage of her. They would steal from her, they would damage her, and they don't have to pay. But I would think that when it comes to the carbon, which is a kapare, maybe ishte bar mitzvah in, a man that has more mitzvahs, more responsibilities upon him, <laughs> when he does an Aveda and he, there's a punishment, the Torah gives him an opportunity for a kapara because he has so many responsibilities, so the Torah is more lenient with him. Isha, the lav bas mitzvah, a woman that's not obligated in mitzvahs like a man, she's potter of all the mitzvahs, so maybe here the Torah did not give the opportunity of a kapara for a woman. And further, hani tarti. If the Torah would say these two, then I would say hacha mishum kapara. Over here, by the, the by the pasuk that speaks about the kapara, I would say that the Torah wants to give her an opportunity for a kapara. And v'hacha in Pashas Mishpatim, where it speaks about all the halachas of monetary law, I would say mishum chiyusa, in order that people shouldn't take advantage of her, that she should live. Avul inyan ketala, but in a case where an axe gores and kills, so over here maybe I would say ish bar mitzvah. A man that's obligated in mitzvahs, and the, the ox Gordon killed this man, l'shalem kaifer. You have to pay kaifer. The reason you're paying kaifer is not just for the, for the death of a human being, but it's also for the fact that this human being that was killed, you not took away his ability to fulfill mitzvahs. Maybe that's the reason for the kaifer. But isha a woman that's not, that does not have that obligation of mitzvahs, so since it's not a case where you took away that uh, possibility of fulfilling mitzvahs like a man, maybe you don't have to pay this payment of kaifer. Now, if the Torah would only say this last case, that by a man and a woman, if they were killed by an ox, that you have to pay the kaifer for both of them, I would say, over here, maybe it's nothing to do with mitzvahs. Over here, you took away the life of a yid. That's why you have to pay the kaifer. But the other two cases, regarding Bechlal, monetary law, and Pashas Mishpatim, and the Karb Mechatas that it spoke about, the Leke Ibud Nishama, there's no loss of a life involved over there. Maybe a man, maybe a woman is not compared to a man. So Tzricha, therefore, has to say those two Psukim as well. So we have all these three Psukim telling us in these cases that a woman is compared to a man. Going back to the mission, it said, Nanizik Mazik B'Tashlumin. That you have a halacha regarding damages where not only the mazik is paying, but the nizik also takes part in the payment. Okay, so first the Gemara brings a machlekis regarding the payment of keren when it's a, when it's a tam, and then the Gemara will come back to the Mishnah. So itmer, we learned the following uh, argument. So again, we had many times before in the Gemara here that the, the keren, a share that gores with its horns, the first three times the Torah refers to it as a tam, 
and you only pay a half a damage. After the third time, then it becomes a muid, now I did it again and again, now you pay a full damage. So here, the question is, how do we define this that the Torah says, the first three times you only pay half? So one opinion is, when you're paying only half of the damages. Rapapa says, this payment is defined as a money, as a monetary payment. Meaning it's, it's money that you owe to, to reimburse for the damage that happened. It's really something that's, that's your obligation and responsibility. says, It's a penalty. Meaning if you would look at it reasonably, logically, you would say, it's not something you expected. It's not something that, you're, that you should be obligated to pay. But nevertheless, the Torah gave a penalty to pay half. You should have been totally putter. But the Torah gives a penalty. The Gemara spells out the machlokes here. <coughs> Rav, Papa, Rav Papa says when you pay half of the damages by a tam, that this is a money payment. What does he mean by this? Kasavar, he holds as follows: Stam shvarim. You look at regular oxes. Lav becheskas shimur kayomen. So oxen, they're they're not uh, expected to be to be guarded on their own. Not the, the owner could expect that an ox could go wild. So therefore. So even when it gores the first time, this is something that the owner could expect. And therefore, if it happens, he should have to pay the full damage. He didn't guard it properly. However, the Torah has Rachmanus on him, because this didn't happen yet three times. So, so therefore, he's not accustomed to this. He's, it's, it's true, he should, he should be guarding it, but nevertheless, because it didn't happen before, so therefore, he doesn't necessarily pay attention to this as much. So the Torah has Rachmanus, and it, it patterns him of half. He should have been hired to pay him full, but the Torah patterns him of half. But the half that he pays is a, is a monet, a regular monetary payment, which it really is his responsibility. No, we look at it the opposite. Kenosa, it's really all just a penalty because Kesavar he holds stam shvarim becheskas shimur that oxen their nature is that they they don't go get wild and the owner does not expect that it's going to go and uh, go and gore someone so it's not something that the owner is expected to guard for. So therefore, Midin, you shouldn't have to pay anything. However, the dictator places this penalty upon him if it gores even the first time. Because even though it's something that's unexpected to happen, but now that you know that the dictator is going to give you a penalty to pay a half a knas, so then you'll be extra careful, careful and you'll guard it uh, even from this, even that it shouldn't even happen even once. So now the Gemara comes back to our Mishnah. Tanan, what did the Mishnah say? Hanizik va'amazik You have sometimes that not only the mazik is paying, but the nizik also takes part in this payment. What does this mean? When is the case when the nizik takes part in this payment? So the Gemara says we can say that this is regarding the payment of a tam chatzinazik. So now It's understood according to the opinion that says that when you pay half a payment by the tam, so really you should have paid him full. And the Torah has Rachmanus and is patterning you halfway. So then we could say, <coughs> So here, the Nizik is taking part of this payment. What does it mean? That really the Nizik deserves to get everything. The Mazik should pay in full. But the Nizik is taking part in the sense that he's not getting the full payment. He gives up half of his payment. That's what the Torah says. So this is a kind of payment where the Mazik pays and the Nizik also takes part by the fact that he gives up half of the payment. That would be the Pshat in our Mishnah. But according to Rav Yeshua, that says that the whole payment of, even the fact that he pays half is a knas. Really, you should be totally potter. So, hashta now, the lav di shakel, this nizik 
is taking a half a payment, which really he does not deserve. It's just a knas that he's getting. Would the Mishnah be saying over here that the Nizik is part of this payment, that the Nizik is giving something up in this payment? He's not giving anything up. He's, he's getting paid something that he doesn't even deserve. It's a, it's a knas that the Tate is giving him. So this can't be the Pshat of our Mishnah when it says that the Nizik is part of the payment here. It says the Gemara, you're right, according to this opinion, according to the Huna B'Reid of Yeshua, the Pshat on the Mishnah is referring to something totally different. The Mishnah here, when it says that the Nizik is part of the payment, is in another case. To the Halacha of Pchas which we learned before, that's in a case where the person's shirt gores another shirt and kills it. So what did we learn before? You don't have to give a brand new shirt. You have to evaluate what's the value of this nevela here. So let's say if it was originally a thousand, now it's worth two hundred. So the difference is only eight hundred. So you only have to pay eight hundred. But then there's another thing, pchas nevela. You look at its value that it was at the time when the damage happened. What if from then to the time when the dintayra happens, its value goes down even more? It depreciates. It goes down another fifty dollars. So who's going to lose out from this? Not the mazik. The nizik is the one that lose out, loses out from this. So this pchas nevela, where the nizik is giving up that depreciation of its of its value, that's a participation of the nizik in this payment. The mazik is not paying him in full. He has to give up this pchas, this value that it went down. That's what our mission is talking about. How could you say that the Lashon of the mission here, when it says Nizik and Mazik, that the Nizik is involved in the payment, how could you say it's coming to say this? We learned that already in the previous mission. The Gemara explained that the Lashon of the previous mission teaches this, because it says there, Tashlumi Nezek, Melamed, the word Tashlumi. What does the word Tashlumi Nezek mean? Melamed, it teaches, that the Nizik, the owner of this dead carcass, he's the one that gets the Nevela, and even if its value goes down, to the, by the time the dentator comes, it's his, going to be his loss. It's going to be the Nizik's loss. So this, that the Nizik loses out here, we already learned before. Why does the Mishnah say this here again? And says the Gemara, it has to say it again, because Chode Betam, one Mishnah is referring to, in a case of a Tam, when you're paying half a payment, so that even over here by the Tam, when you pay the difference of the lost value, when you estimate what the Nevela is, you still have to also take into account the original value that it was at the time of the damage, the Nizik loses out even more by, the, by a tam, by a half a payment. And the Chad then it's telling you that this halacha applies when you pay a full payment by a Mu'ad, that here as well, so there's the Pchas Nevele that the Nizik loses out. So it has to tell you that the Nizik loses out in both of these cases. Now, why does it have to say both of them? It's Riche. It's necessary to say this halacha in both cases. Because the Yashmin and Tam, if would only say this halacha, that the Nizik loses out when the Nevele loses its value. By the Tam, I would say, Over there, the reason we're more lenient with the Mazik is because this is the, the, his animal did not do this three times yet. So, so therefore, we're more lenient with him. When it comes to an animal that gored already three times, so it's a Mu'ed, so we're not going to be lenient with him. Over here, the Nizik will not lose out this Pchas uh, that the value went down. On the other hand, if the Torah would say this halacha, the Mishnah would teach us this, this halacha that we are lenient with the mazik by a muad, I would say the reason is since his, his level of payment is higher, he has to pay full, so maybe this detail will lenient with him because he's paying much more. A tam that has another big leniency, he's paying only half, 
say, hey, maybe we don't add this leniency regarding the pass of the novella, the Nizik doesn't lose out that as well. He's already not getting full payment. So therefore, the Mishnah has to say, both in both cases, that this halacha of pass novella applies by the Tam and by the Muad. That's why there were two Mishnahs about this. Toshima, the Gemara brings from another, Braise, here regarding the question of Chatsi Nezek by a Tam, is this a Mammon payment or is it a Knas payment? So the Braise says, Ma bin Tam Lumud. What are the differences in Halacha between the Tam and the Muad? Shatam, Mishalim Chatsi Nezek, the Tam only pays half a payment and also he pays only Migufai. The, the, the payment comes from the actual body of the animal that gored and caused the damage. Right, so if, it could be then that you get paid less than half of the payment. If the body of that, if half of the body of that animal is less than the value of half of the payment, then you're going to get, uh, you're going to get less than half. Umuid, however, when it comes to one, Mishalem Nezik Shalem, you have to pay in full. And Mino Aliyah, you don't pay just from the value of the body of the animal that damaged. You pay from the best, as we learned before. If, you, if you're collecting from a piece of property, you get the best piece of property from the Mazik. Those are the two distinctions that the Braise says between the Tam and the Muad. Now, the Emise, if you're going to say that the Chatsi Nezek is, uh, is a Knas, listening Namiho, let us say a third difference that Tam ain't a Mishalem al Pi that since Chazi Nezek is a Knas, so the Halacha by Knas is, as we learned in the beginning of the Gemara today, if the person admits to this kind of a payment, whenever you admit a payment which is a Knas, you don't have to pay. Maide in a Knas is Potter. So why doesn't it say this distinction as well? That the Tam does not pay when he admits himself. And a Muad is Mishalom al and a Muad which pays in full and it's not a Knas, there he pays when he admitted. So there should have been a third distinction there. Answers the Gemara, according to this opinion, we have to say Ton of Vishayr. The Braises says differences between Tam and Muad, but it leaves out this difference. My Shayr, the High Shayr, as the Gemara always asks, the Braises would not leave out one thing. There has to be something else that it leaves out with it. What else did it leave out? The distinction of a, ter, of a Tam and a Muad. Shayr Chatsi Kaifer. It also leaves out the halacha of Chatsi Kaifer. When the Shayr gores and kills someone, so it, you have to pay a Kaifer. Now, by a, by a, uh, by a uh, Tam, so it does not pay, it does not pay Chatsi Kaifer. It doesn't pay anything. So it's, it's leaving out this distinction that the Muad pays and the Tam does not pay, doesn't even pay Chatsi Kaifer either. Says the Gemara, that's not something that could be considered that it was left out. Because imishum chatsi kaifer lav If it was this, this halacha of half kaifer by a tam, that's not being left out here. Because ha-mani, who is this b'raise going according to? Rabbi Yaisi Aglili. It goes according to Rabbi Yaisi Aglili. The ha mishalem chatsi kaifer. Rabbi Yaisi Aglili says, just like a, a, a ox that gores, he always pays half a damage. When it gores and kills a human being, the halacha of kaifer applies there as well. <coughs> that he pays uh, half a damage, so this is not being left out. The Braisa already said the difference between the Tam and the Muad, that the Tam pays Chatsi Nezek and the Muad pays Nezek Shalim. So, so therefore, this, this is not a second thing that is, that is being left out of here. Toshema, the Gemara brings a Raya from another Braisa. This is in also speaking about uh, seemingly a Tam. So what does it say here? person comes forward and he's making an admission. Haim is shady as plainy. My ox killed this individual. Or my ox killed this shayr. With this admission, he's going to pay. Now, why does he pay if it's an admission? If it's made a beknas, it's potter. My love, don't you think? What is this talking about? Betam. We're talking about a tam that uh, is, 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 so it's chatzin nezek. And according to Rav Hunebereid, Rav Yeshua, this is only a knas. 
And over here, though, it says that if he admits, he's chayev. Why is he chayev? So this proves that it's not a knas, that it's a money payment, and therefore, even if you made it, you're still chayev. Says the Gemara, this price is talking about a muad. Therefore, if he admits himself, he's going to be chayev. It's not talking about a tam. So, yeah? If, if a muad, sorry, he's going to be pater, that is right. If a, a muad, if he admits himself, he's going to be pater. That's what this price is talking about. Says the Gemara, Aval Tam, but if you would be a Tam, my, what would be the din? Hachanami, the aim is Shalom al Piyatzma. If he was a Tam, so then you would say that it's a Knas, and if he admits himself, he would be Potter. So then, if so, this Braisa goes on to make a distinction with another case, I Hachi. Add a Tony Sefer. Why does this Braisa continue and says that if the admission is different, if he comes and says, Hey, Miss Shady, as Avdesh of Plenty, the Mayaks gored and killed an Evid Kanani. So then, over here, the payment for this is a knas. As it says in the title, you pay 30 coins, and this is a knas. doesn't matter what the value of the Evet Kanani is, even if it's less, you pay this knas. So over here, this is a payment which is a knas, and you don't pay it if you admit on your own, like the Allah with knas always is. But the question is, why can't we make, why do we have to go to the case of goring and, and killing an Evet? Why, that not, why not make a simpler distinction regarding a shari that goes and kills someone? And we could say as follows. When is it that if you admit you'll be chayiv b'muid? If it was a case where it already gored three times b'tam. But if it's the first three times and it's only a knas, you don't pay if you admit it yourself. That's what the b'raisa should have said. Answers the Gemara, there's no question, because Kula B'muid Kamairi. This Braith is speaking all just about a Muid. It's not speaking, it doesn't want to make, it's not talking about a Tam at all. It's talking all just about a Muid, so therefore it doesn't make this distinction between Muid and Tam. It wants to show you even a Shur, which is a Muid, sometimes when it pays, it's a Knas, when it gores the Evet Kanani. The Gemara brings another Raya Toshima. The Braissa says as follows: Zehaklal. This is the rule. Kol Meshalem Yisur Al Masha Hizik. Any time you're paying a payment, and the, and the, the value of the payment is more than the actual damage, so this is defined as a knas, and therefore any Meshalem Al Piyatzma. You will not pay if you admit yourself. So what do we see from this? What's knas? Knas is only if you're paying more than the value of the damage. So my love, don't you think we could learn from here? But if what you're paying is less than the value of your damage, so then that's not a clock. That's not a knas. Mishalim. Then you do pay if you admit yourself. So that means that you're paying less than the value of your damage. That's not a knas. So it's clearly not like Rav Hunabriya Rav Yeshua. Says the Gemara Loi. That's not how you have to understand that Braise. What you, what you learn from there is the only time that it's considered to be a money, a regular money payment, is if you pay exactly the value of what the damage is. But if it's more or even less, like it is by Tam, so then it's not a it's not a money payment, it's a knas. So the Gemara asks on this answer, what are you going to say? But if it's less, if it's a payment that's less than the value, so this is also a knas, and therefore you don't pay if you admit yourself. But if so, why does the price say, that the rule is that if you're paying more than the value of the damage, then it's a knas. Listen, let the price be clear. That the rule is, if you're not paying exactly the value of your damage, then it's a knas. And then it would be clear that even uh, where you pay less, is a knas. I would know if you pay less or if you pay more, either way, that it's a knas. So to Yufta, 
This refutes Rav Honebered Rav Yeshua that says that Chatsi Nezek is a Knas. But the Gemara says, nevertheless, the actual halacha is Palgeniske Knasa. The payment of Chatsi Nezek by Yatan is a Knas. It's not a regular money payment. So the Gemara asks right away, to Yufta, we just refuted his opinion from this Braise here, and immediately you're telling me that Allah is still is like him. So the Gemara says, in yes, time am I to Yufta, what was our old refutation from this Braise? The Braise doesn't clearly say that the only time it's considered to be a money payment and not a Knas is if you're paying the value exactly like you damaged. So the Gemara says, the reason the Braise didn't say that is because it's still not always true. There is another exception to this. And when is that? Given the Ike, Chatsi Nezek There's the case where a Shur kicks up pebbles and those pebbles break someone's keli. In such a case, you only pay also there, only a half a payment. And this is a Hilchas This is a Halacha Lameshim Misinai. The Memaynahu. And this payment is a payment of Mammon. It's not a payment of Knas. We're going to learn about this in the second Patek. So this is an exception where there is a Chatsi Nezek, but it's a money payment. It's not a Knas. So therefore, Mishamachi Leikatani, therefore this Braisa couldn't say that if it only Kamasha Hizek is a Mammon, because there is a case where you're paying less that it will be a moment payment. But we could still say, like that by the Keren, by Tam, when you pay half, over there it actually is a Knas. So now the Gemara concludes, according to this, a practical thing in Bavel, outside Eretz Yisrael, the halacha is that a Bezdin in Bavel does not have the power to collect a Knas. You have to be a Bezdin that has smicha in Eretz Yisrael, where they had a proper smicha, then you could collect Knas, not in Bavel, so not hashta. So based on what we just said, that when you, when there's a payment of Kerem, a Chatzinezek, it's a Knas, the Omer, Palganiska Knas, it's only a penalty, so a similar case, which is similar to Kerem, it's a Tolda of Kerem, which is high Kalbe, the Ochel Imri, a dog that ate up a lamb, or Vishundre, the Ochel Tarnagayla, a cat that ate up a chicken. Mishunahu, this is something which is unusual for the uh, dog or cat to do. So th- this, is, this is why it's a Tolda of Kerem. When it eats something which is usual for it, so then it would be a Tolda of Shem Viregel. But when it does something which is unusual, then it's a Tolda of Kerem, which is goring with its horns, which is unusual. So the payment is Chatzinezek. So because it's Mishone, it's a Tolda of Karen, so it's a Knas, we can't collect this in Babel. As I mentioned, there's no Smiche, so there's no Bezin you can collect there. But the Gemara clarifies, When is this true? If the cat or the dog ate up a large lamb or a large chicken. So that's unusual. If it's small though, then it is common for the dog or the cat to do this, and therefore it's a regular payment. It's like Shem Viregel, it's not going to be Karen. Now, regarding this, that you can't collect this payment because it's a knas, so in bubble you can't collect it, but there are certain ways how the nizik could get his payment. V'tofas, if the nizik comes and grabs money from the mazik, we're not going to take it away from him. V'yomar, if the nizik comes and says, okay, we can't go to Abezn and Bavel, but he says, look, let's establish a time that we're going to go together to Abezn and Eretz Yisrael. Kavinenle. We're going to establish a time where the mazik is going to have to go with him to a bezin in Eretz Yisrael. If the mazik does not want to go, then Mishamtinale, we can excommunicate him. Now, even besides this, either way, Mishamtinale, we place this mazik that has such a wild cat or such a wild dog in his possession, we put it, we excommunicate him, add the Misalik until he gets rid of this kind of animal that causes such damage. Midrab Nasan, as Rab Nasan taught. 
the Tanya that is, we learned in the Braise that Rav Nassim said, A person should not raise a wild dog in his house that can cause such kind of damage. Or You're not to keep a shaky ladder in your house that someone could go up and, and fall and, and get hurt in your house. You should not allow blood to be still spilled in your house that includes any kind of danger that you have in your house. There are five different cases that if a axe damages, this will all be a tilde of keren, and therefore the halacha of a tam, that you only pay half a nezek, will apply. And there are five cases where a shayr can damage, and you pay full, da- full payment right from the beginning, because it's a tilde of shayn viregel, it's not, uh, or, or, it's, or similar to that, it's not, it's not uh, keren, which is a half a payment. So, what are they? Habeheme ain't a muedes. Habeheme is not going to be a muad. He's not pay. He doesn't have to pay right away full payment. Loy ligach, not when he gores. Vloy ligach, not if the animal pushed with its body in a wild way. Vloy lishach, not if it goes and bites with the intention to break and that's not eating. Vloy lirbites, and not if it goes and lies down or something and you see it's doing wildly to break. Vloy livite, and not if it kicks with its feet. All of these are teldes of of keren where the payment is chatzinezek. Now, there are five cases where you pay full damages right in the beginning. Hashem, if the animal is eating, it's a muad that it eats what's, what's fit for it. If it's eating food, so then uh, it pays full payment. If it tramples, so it, it, it breaks while it walks, it all, you also pay full damages. And the shayra muad, the shayra, even with the goring with its horns, but after three times, now it's a shayra muad, so you pay full payment. And the shayra hamazik, a shayr that gores with its horns, so usually you only pay half a payment, but if this happened in the domain of the nizik, then even by the keren, you do pay full payment. And a human being that damages with his hands, he has to pay, he has to pay full payment from the beginning. Hazeev, a wolf, v'ha'ari, a lion, v'ha'doiv, a bear, v'ha'nemer, a leopard, v'ha'bardalus. What's a bardalus? Some kind of a, what do they have there for bardalus? A what? what? What this bardalus is? Okay, so we'll see in the Gemara what it is. V'ha'nochash, and the snake, Hare elamud. And these are wild beasts that are wild right from the beginning, and the owner has to be aware of that. It's not like a shayr that we say that it's not wild from the beginning. So that these, if they damage, you have to pay full payment right from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Rabbi says it depends. If they're domesticated and they're sort of trained, they're not going to be muad, you're not going to be high to pay for them in the beginning to fully. However, a snake is an exception. A snake is always wild. It always will, will, will harm someone. So the owner has to be careful with this. And you're always going to be a mood from the beginning. Okay, we'll stop over here. The Gemara goes into a long discussion here regarding the Pshad of the Mishnah.